Hello, and welcome back to From the Heart Catholic Podcast, the official podcast for the Diocese of Salina. This is Jeff Andrews, Bill Mayer, Father Jared Conradi, and we are the Three Bald Guys. This show is all about evangelization, education, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to episode five of season three of Three Bald Guys. Uh, we've got a guest here again today, Luke Freeze. We'll get more into that later. But before we get started, Father Jarrett, could you please open us up with a prayer? I would love to. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. St. Dennis and Companions, pray for us. Oh, I just dated us. That's okay. That's all right. Yeah, so everybody, <laughs> Look we, that up, we're, we're recording this on uh, Monday, October No, 9th. you're not supposed to tell them. <laughs> they have to look it, it up. Well, like, people know when Dennis and Companions are. Some it's a big, know. big, big Some feast. Some might know. Big so, feast in the church. So yeah, we're recording this in the fall, so if this airs in March, then yeah. we'll know that something was off. But I'm also going to date us, because before we get started, I want to go fall coffees. All you got to do is give me... Yes or no? Father Jarrett, pumpkin spice latte stuff. Yes or no? No. Bill? No. Luke? Sure. Oh, I'm a no, too. I'm a no as well. So, <laughs> now, right. I do like seasonal beers, yeah. so like Oktoberfest. Oh, beer, yeah, I do, too. And that yeah. kind of, like, yeah. I don't know about pumpkin. There but... used to be this really good one. I don't know if Shock Top made it, but it was a Oktoberfest-like, and it was a pretzel flavor, like a salted pretzel, and so like... It was delicious. Never yeah. seen that. I haven't seen it since, so I must have been the only one that liked it. So it's kind of like our uh, podcast here. When only like three people like it or listen to it, it doesn't get <laughs> doesn't get going very well. We'll leave so. it to the priest to uh, transition us into talking about alcohol. <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to say right that. Right a lot. That. I figured welcome. it was going to be a Gellis thing you were talking about. I've never had. Do they have a October? They probably I don't know. do. They, they do all sorts of stuff. I don't think I ever like had that. a seasonal for them. For them, ladies and gentlemen, we have Luke Freeze with us, <laughs> seminarian who is in a pastoral year. Is that right? At St. John the Baptist in Beloit, Kansas, he's with Father Jarrett and Father Andrew Rockers. There, yeah. hails from Hoxie, Kansas. Went to Benedictine. I feel like I know everything about you. So far, so good. Yeah. What what, what comes after that? Uh, as a sister who also works for the diocese, uh, Claire. Yeah. Dad's a teacher. Yeah. Wow. Hoxie. Yeah. Um What's his mom do, Jeff? Uh, his mom, uh, she is a... Secret agent. Yeah. Uh, she works for the FBI. Uh, she's got the Northwest Kansas ring of the FBI, where uh, she looks into cattle theft. Uh, I believe. <laughs> Father Jarrett, what does his mom do for work? Oh, no, that wasn't a question that I was going <laughs> to... I'm okay. not the one who claimed that I know everything about well, it. Let's get this. Luke, what are some things that Father Jarrett's having you do at uh, the parish there in Beloit? Don't hold back. If if it's everything, just let us know. Let us know. We do only have about 40 minutes usually of these podcasts. That is you. the ongoing joke, though, is around the table, whether it's staff meeting, whether it's finance council, whatever... When Luke is sitting there and there's something that has to be done, we're like, well, Luke, Luke can probably do that. <laughs> so that's gonna... And does he get it done? <laughs> he does. He well, gets stuff go. done. So what, what's other than coaching cross country? What, else, what are some other things you're doing there in Beloit? Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, so, uh, so typically Mondays um, we have OCIA, um, which is form, the former 
RCIA on Monday nights, which I'm helping with a little bit. Um, again, yeah, helping coach cross country, which has been fun. So I'm able to go out and run with the team two or three days a week and then try to make the meets when I can. Um, on Wednesday nights, I'm teaching fifth grade religious ed. Um, nice. We do classroom visits with the priests on Wednesdays, um, do to the religion classes. And Thursdays, we have staff meetings, um, school council meetings, finance council meetings, you're, pastor council You're taking council it meetings. all in, huh? Yeah, a lot, a lot of meetings, a lot of meetings <laughs> for a pastor. So. He showed, yeah, the first week he showed up, I think there was, uh, he showed up like on a Tuesday or something like that. And I don't know, we must have had like five meetings in the in the first couple of days. And uh, I, I feel like he jumped, jumped into the deep end right off the bat. <laughs> At so. least he came in when the church is almost finished, right? Yeah, he still has had a taste of a lot of restoration meetings, though, because there's still a lot of ongoing stuff that we're we're talking about. So, so maybe when you uh, become ordained, you can say, Bishop, please send me to a parish that needs a project. I <laughs> saw all the great stuff that went on in, in restoring uh, and renovating St. John. I'm ready to go. Yeah, who who knows what who knows what the Lord is preparing with it? But I think my my personal experience of it has been kind of the opposite. I've been like, oh, maybe this is something I don't want to <laughs> go into. Yeah, just say I'll go somewhere that was just renovated. Yeah. Send Father Jarrett yeah, somewhere right. else, right? <laughs> I'll just I'll just follow wherever Father Jarrett was, and like he'll uh, he'll renovate a parish, and I'll come in behind him. And yeah, there you go. Does uh do Marcy and Joe have you substitute teach or anything like that yet? Yeah, yeah, I've been able to do that a, a couple times. Um, a couple. Yeah, religion classes. So that's been that's been fun. Um, I've definitely, it's definitely been a learning curve. Um, I've realized my classroom management is is uh, has some that's some, tough. Some work to do. Yeah, but, managing uh, a classroom can yeah. be tough. There's a lot of different personalities. I was up there last week and did not see Father Jared. I even knocked on your back door. Whenever yeah, I, I noticed you there. come on Tuesdays. That's uh, is that's that your great. off day? That's my day off. Yeah, oh, yeah. but you were going to go to McPherson nice. that day. Actually, I did. I hit the road like early afternoon. Oh, yeah. To head to McPherson, so. Luke, you must not have been there. I didn't knock very loud either. I was like, oh, maybe they're sleeping. Did you really knock on the rectory? Yeah. Oh, really? On the back door. That's but funny. like, I was like, man, I got stuff to go do. They don't want to see me. So, <laughs> all right, now that everybody knows Luke, well, a little bit about Luke Freeze, uh, we'll go to Giver a Robber of Energy. What is robbing or giving you guys energy? I feel like I've talked the entire 15 minutes. So, Bill, what is giving or robbing you energy? Well, now I know it's robbing me of energy because you just talked for 15 minutes. Yeah, whatever. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I got this cool opportunity the other day to go to uh, Victoria, and in Victoria they had a first-grade adoration. And so they invited the families to come with their first-graders. They went to uh, – there's a, a – chapel behind the main chap or the main church in Victoria. And so they went back there and uh, the priest and, and their DRE led them through like about a 25, 30 minute um, adoration opportunity. So they had some music, uh, they read a gospel, had a little bit of reflection and did some prayers for the family. And it was really pretty cool. Uh, even at the end, uh, Father was tearing up as he was thanking the families for coming out. And, and one of the cool things I saw was when I was standing in the room before we went over to the chapel, I saw a lot of like arms crossed and I can't believe I got to be here sort of thing. And not terrible, but you could just tell like it's Wednesday, it's busy, it's it's whatever. And just, you know, some of that sort of thing. And then as it went on, you could see a lot of like, boy, I'm glad I'm here with my kids sort of thing. And so um, just kind of a really neat thing. And then also just watching, 
you know, first graders with their encounter with Christ on the altar, uh, just really a cool thing, neat experience. So that's, that, that gave me a lot of energy. Usually, uh, you've been the one that has a rob of energy every once in a while, haven't you? Every once in a while. Well, that's yeah. good that you didn't. Thanks yeah. for not killing the mood. Yeah. Father, you got to give her a robber? I got a giver. I got a giver. Actually, I shared this uh, a couple months ago, probably, of an encounter that I had had over the 4th of July weekend at my sister-in-law's house. Uh, she and her husband the, and the backyard neighbors and the cul-de-sac next next door. And I think I even shouted out some names of of some of these young couples, young Catholic couples in the neighborhood. And they had invited me down to McPherson for what they, it's kind of their version of theology um, on tap. Um, they do a little dinner and, and talk. And so I did that last week and it was just absolutely a giver of energy. Anytime going to something like that and there was probably 75 people there and just these young couples that had hosted it and were putting it on just had, um, you could tell their lives were very much overwhelmed with family and all of the things that they're doing, but yet that was a commitment that they had made. And uh, just just interacting with them, chatting with them, actually was a big giver of energy, seeing the good that they're doing in their parish community, and then just them sharing uh, some of the encounters and some of the ways that our interactions have kind of emboldened them and, and challenged them was really re- reaffirming to me as well. So... That was a cool thing. I gave a talk on uh, <clears throat> on guardian angels uh, and basically the spiritual warfare battle and stuff. So it was, it was pretty cool. It was a, a great trip to McPherson. You gonna make it a quarterly thing? And uh, probably not to McPherson. <laughs> they, they can come to Beloit though, right? Uh, although I do want to go back. Uh, my sister in law actually was was hoping that she was going to make it and she got sick. And so she wasn't even, I was going to stay the night with them and like make a, make a night of it. And, uh, and she was sick. So unfortunately I didn't get to hang out and, uh, spend some time with them as well. So hopefully we'll be able to do a neighborhood party or something. You could send Luke to the next one. Let him give his talk, right? <laughs> yeah. On something. Probably could. Yeah. Luke, what's giving a Robin you energy? Um, the person I, sitting next to you. Is <laughs> giving, and not Mateo. Giver, giver energy. Yeah. Uh, no, I think uh, the my whole first six weeks in Beloit has been uh, pretty spectacular. I've really, I've really, it's been very life giving. That'd be a word I'd describe the whole experience. Um, so it's hard to, hard to really narrow it down. But um, kind of like we talked about in the beginning, I'd say one of the really special things has been having the opportunity to um, help coach cross country. It's been, it's been a sport that's been very near and dear to my heart for a long time. My dad. Like you said, is a, is a teacher in Hoxie, but he's also a, a high school cross country coach, and so um, something I've been involved with for, for a long time. And so getting up and they practice at six a.m. Um, in the morning. So getting up early, going out and running, uh, it always just brings a lot of life. And then being able to go to the meets and um, encourage encourage the athletes is always really fun too. There, there's something about coaching. It's such a evangelization opportunity, I think, that um, so many coaches have. I mean, coaches have a lot of times more of a influence on those high school and junior high kids than the parents do, than teachers do, because they the kids have such a good relationship with those coaches, and I, I relish the opportunities to coach, and glad you're enjoying it. So yeah. are there any um, other seminarians, you think, across the country who are spending their pastoral year coaching cross-country? Hmm. I'm just going to say no. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and if there is one, they can send a message to 
three bald guys at salonadiocese.org, which that does not exist, but it'll, it'll be out there somewhere. So uh, my giver of energy is Box of Joy. So we're going to start um, a new service project with Cross Catholic Outreach and their Box of Joy project. And these are uh, boxes that will be sent to less fortunate areas, um, Caribbean, South America, Central America, Africa, around Christmas time so that every kid has something to open up. It's about $20 worth of items inside, um, about a shoebox size of box, along with a $9 checked up cover, shipping and handling. But Bishop came to us, Bill, what was it, last Monday? And said, hey guys, yeah. let's talk real quick. It's like yep. 8 o'clock in the morning, it's before morning prayer. Uh, he said, I really want our schools and parishes to possibly get behind this. So we're a little late to the game and getting started, but we've got 3,000 uh, boxes getting delivered this week or next week to the Chantry. Then we'll get them out to parishes and schools. And our hope this year is to collect at least 800 boxes across the diocese, and then those will be shipped to Miami. And then from Miami, a rosary is added along with, uh, I think, some prayer cards, and then those go out to some less fortunate areas. So... If you uh, are listening to this and see something in your bulletin about Box of Joy or anything like that, please go look at Cross Catholic Outreach and their website and what they do, and Bishop is on the board of directors for that. So um, you'll hear more in the coming months. So heading on to topic two. All right, topic two, billion-dollar question. It's time for the billion-dollar question. All right, we're continuing down our Beatitude series, much again to the uh, not happiness, I don't know if that's even a word, uh, of Father Jared, who n- does not love the Beatitudes. Uh, so it's, <laughs> I can't wait till that reading comes out somewhere along the way, and you're going to be sitting there like not wanting to read it or something, I don't know. But uh, You'll have he, Father Andrew take. You'll have Father Andrew. Like, I don't read this one. Weekend. I don't like the Beatitudes. I never said that explicitly, that I don't, <laughs> <laughs> that I don't like them. Uh, okay, so so this one we're down to today, uh, the fifth one, I believe. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And I would imagine that you've got some thoughts on mercy, forgiveness, those sort of things. No, no, I don't. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. That's one of those um, one of those spiritual realities that we each of us individually, I think appreciate, take advantage of, uh, that we believe in a God that is super abundant in his mercy. Um, and you know, it's one of those elements that, I don't know, it's one of those things that we kind of expound upon as, as Catholics is the merciful hand of God. And I, I remember, and I share quite frequently the, the image, I think it was like St. Teresa of Avila, of the image that if you were to take all of the sins of all of the world throughout all of the centuries of humanity that has ever existed, and you were to ball those sins into one, that it would be just a tiny droplet in the immense ocean of God's mercy. And so that image of the superabundance of God's mercy is one that is prevalent in certainly in Catholic theology and the catechism. Um, but then it's interesting because we absolutely sort of take advantage of that, yet at the same time, it's one of those elements that's perhaps the most challenging for us as human beings to then reflect um, onto those that we encounter. So do we tend to, to have the same hand and super abundance of mercy to those that wrong us, to those that, you know, to those that hurt, hurt us? Um, and so often, yeah, it's, it's, we 
receive mercy, but then do we give it? And I love some of those gospel parables that actually make light, draw light to that. Uh, I think we had one just a couple weeks ago of, <clears throat> excuse me, of the, um, basically the, the, those who owe a debt, and it's the story of the, the, the landowner who, I don't know if he's a landowner <laughs> in that story, but that he forgives the debt of his servant and then the servant goes and, and uh, demands the debt be paid to somebody who owes a much smaller debt. And it's just a, a beautiful re- reflection upon our call to have the same mercy as, as God does for us. And sometimes how challenging that is, how easy it is to take advantage of God's mercy, but then how challenging it can be to show that same mercy to those that, that have, ha- have harmed us. So... I, I always find that to be, I think what this beatitude speaks to is the reality of the the abundant importance of mercy. And that balance, you know, being able to know and understand when we should challenge others to a life of, of grace, to a life living out their faith. Because um, I know that's sometimes what people have a, a problem with is like, okay, how many times should we be merciful to somebody who is just, you know, not changing, not living it, not striving for it? Um, and the reality is, I mean, Jesus, Jesus says, uh, what is it? How many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times. Seven and times, 70. 70 yeah. yeah. Depending on which gospel, seven times, 70 or 77 times. Uh, and just the reality of how frequently we should bestow that mercy. So that, that is really hard, like to be merciful, you know, 70 times seven and to keep going, keep going, keep going. But like, if you're not, you're just going to feel it inside. Like, why, why would you want yourself to be more miserable? You know, and, and some, at some point that person's going to come around and mm-hmm. if it might not be to you, but it might be when they meet Jesus, you know, of what they've got to do. So I always think like, you know, like everybody is, is should be accepting of our mercy and we've got to go out and just do it and keep doing it, keep doing it. Especially like with school age kids, I see it all the time. You know, they have a hard time apologizing or being held accountable for something and they make all of the excuses and, but like, can they forgive someone? Um, can that person forgive them? And you just go on and father, I like how you said, like if we balled up all the sins together and put them, it would just be a drop in the ocean. That was, yeah, that, that's that, a know, good that hit me. Yeah. That always struck me. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, thinking about, uh, you know, they, I read somewhere the other day, and this was a secular place, that one of the number one things that determines your quality of life is if you are a grudge holder or not, and that you're just a happier person if you don't hold grudges. And again, this was like a secular idea of, of those sort of things. And, and I was thinking about that gospel when you were talking about it. You know, it's really funny, not really funny, it's sad that... Uh, you get freed from hell, which is essentially the very first thing, and you couldn't have gotten out on your own, and out of his mercy, frees you from hell, and then you put yourself right back in there because you can't stop being that that person or whatever. You got to go find that person and and not forgive. And and there are so many people that live in hell on earth because they can't forgive. Yeah. And and I think about like K State's coach talking about the KU chant last year. Hang with me, I'll get there. <laughs> I can see you guys are looking at me like, what on earth is he doing? But but uh, you know, we we let too many people live rent-free in our head that are no longer even part of our life anymore because we still hold a grudge. And uh, and we're still thinking about them and we're still angry at them and we're still whatever. And and 
you know, the reality is it's us. We can let go of it and we don't have to, you know, have that any longer as, as part of us. Are you going to explain the K-State KU thing? Well, yeah, because KU was <laughs> I don't know that. living I don't rent. Know that. Oh, you don't know about the chant when they used to chant all the time during the Wabash Cannonball? They would, you know, a not like good instead of word. Like, go K-State, go K-State. Uh, they would okay. say a four-letter word, K-U. 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 Yeah. K-U. And, and yeah. so, like, this would be like when they're playing Missouri. This would be when they're playing Texas. This be, it doesn't matter who they're playing. They were they saying this playing thing K-U, K-U. And K-State fans still say blank K-U. And, and the coach basically came, and they've tried to change it through all sorts of different things with culture. And finally, their, their new coach came and was like, why are we letting them live rent-free in our head all the time? You guys can let go of that, and KU isn't even in our thought process anymore. And, uh, and finally, the student section, you know, made a change and, and uh, went a different direction. But we're the same way, like, you're sitting there stewing and angry about something that happened a long time. Well, that guy's not even thinking about you anymore. He maybe doesn't even know you exist anymore, Absolutely. but you're still holding on to it, and you're still Absolutely. angry, and we Back could let it Back to the KU go. chant. Was it Father Gale leading it? <laughs> on the sidelines? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, I think that was a realization for me as priest. I guess I didn't quite realize just how many people in terms of, and, and this isn't to diminish the hurts that people carry, um, but just how many people are holding on to, and, and a lot of it is family. So much of it is family of, of relationships within family that there's been hurts that they that they then turn and, and hold hold on to and as you're saying, Bill, the the reality of that is it, it does not hurt the individual that did the harm in the first place to hold a grudge against them. The only person that's harmed by it is the person holding the grudge, and so to release that is, I mean, to release the mercy to those individuals is not just for the person's sake who did the harm, but actually is so much for our own sake. Uh, and that's why the, the beauty of this beatitude is the reality that, yeah, we often think of it as the person who needs the mercy is the one benefiting, but the reality is the one giving giving the mercy is, is just as much benefiting from it. So that's a good reminder. I think also it's a good reminder right now, like we've got so much going on in the diocese, it seems like, you know, parishes have a lot going on, schools have a lot going on, but, you know, Bishop has been on this year of mercy, um, you know, and for the month of October, just looking at his schedule, um, he'll be at St. Joseph's in Hayes on the 15th, he'll be at the Como Catholic Campus Center on the 18th, he's also later this month in Collier, Joaquini, Grinnell, and Grainfield, so check out, if you just Google Year of, Mi- year of Mercy, Salina Diocese, you'll see Bishop's schedule, and um, those days, our schedules are set up by the parish. So sometimes he goes to a retirement home in the community or maybe goes to a jail or uh, hears confessions of people who maybe haven't been to church in a while and visits parish council meetings and those things like that. So um, just a, another good reminder. So Has he been to Beloit yet? No. No, he has not. Okay. So you guys don't have any That's something Luke's got to get that probably scheduled. You got to get that scheduled, right? don't you? <laughs> it is scheduled. It is scheduled. We're one of the last ones, I think. Uh, saving, saving the best for last. Oh, obviously. of course. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, moving on to topic number three, Saints Among Us. Let's talk Let's about talk the Saints, about Saints, Saints Among Us. Among us. So who did you guys see or encounter this week that was living out God's call for each of us to live? Bill, why don't we start with you? Uh, so I was thinking about, so right now, this week we're going, and again, we're dating ourselves, so that's okay. Um, the diocesan... Not, not, not for Matea, because now she's like, okay, oh, i no. right back <laughs> at all this. So this week is the diocesan rosary congress, though, and so a lot of different parishes uh, stepped up 
including Father Jarrett's parish with with Beloit, and uh, took one of those days. And, uh, and it was really awesome because we didn't have a lot of time to try to find some places, and it was great to see uh, people just volunteer like, hey, we'll get that in our parish. They organized it. They um, are doing what they're doing in their community. And, uh, and because of that, we're going to have seven straight days of adoration and rosaries uh, prayed for life uh, during the Respect Life Month. And, and, uh, and so just, again, a lot of unsung heroes and saints are sitting in churches uh, this week praying for you know, the, those who may not be born, if, if there's not something different, and, and those who are struggling in life in all different aspects. And so uh, just those are saints, and, and we appreciate them. Yeah, it was a beautiful thing. We had, we had it last night, actually, well, that's right. after Mass yesterday until this morning. Um, and yeah, at first I was a little, <laughs> I guess you say reluctant, because we have adoration from Tuesday morning till Friday morning every week. And so I was like, okay, this is another one that we'll need to find people to do. But yet now, having gone through it and seeing some of the people that actually signed up, um, I we had a little procession last night uh, and had adoration under the stars, which was kind of in the midst of it. Uh, and then I brought Jesus back to the church and set it back up, and there was already two people waiting there. And yeah, one of one of the people doesn't normally participate with our with our normal time slots, and so that was pretty cool to see that there were some people signing up that, that don't normally do it. And so that was an awesome opportunity as well as those reflections. I don't know if the rosary reflections, if that's like a national thing that you found the information for, but those are, I had a couple people mention just how profound they were. And we used the glorious mysteries as part of our little holy hour last night. And I, I led the rosary with the glorious mysteries and it was, yeah, those were actually really, really good. I actually want to have copies of those awesome. to use going forward. So. so so then I'll plug while you say that. We're going to leave those up year-round. Um, on So if you go to Salina Diocese offices, Respect Life, and underneath that is the Rosary for Congress, you can scroll down, and those are going to be available uh, for everybody. And they're so, just like PDF They're just PDF format, so you can download them. Um, put Father, them you can have Luke download them and print them and maybe yeah, put Father. them in. So. <laughs> so, well, I'm glad, that, uh, I'm glad that it worked out well. And uh, did you guys use it? You might have said this already, but did you use it in your procession? Did you guys... Incorporated into the outdoor, we did the we did the rosary with those reflections as part of the holy hour under the stars. Under the stars, yeah. Was that yeah. cool? It was. It was. Besides the fact that it was super, it was so nice out. Um, there was no wind, and therefore <laughs> I was bombarded by mosquitoes like the whole time. Huh. I'm sitting there praying the rosary, swiping my face and my head. And, <laughs> See, constantly look people. at God giving you extra opportunities for grace <laughs> during that and to offer it up for other people. That's, that's all that's I so, could think about. That was, was so like, nice of him to do that. I was like, that. I wonder if saints, when they were like praying outside, if they were being bombarded by mosquitoes and they probably did a much better job of just enduring it than I but did. Mosquitoes <laughs> were probably the least of their worries, right? Would, now, if it had been so. June bugs, we'd have seen you just oh, I run. I would have been walking. <laughs> I would have been doing a walking rosary. <laughs> Maybe need to get the um, like a beekeeper outfit if oh, there's going to be mosquitoes around. That's actually a really good idea. See, there you go. <laughs> okay, uh, Jeff, what do you got? Uh, mine would be Dr. Pat Castle. He is with Life Runners, so we have our Respect Life, our third annual Respect Life retreat for juniors and seniors in the diocese um, on Wednesday at the Fieldhouse. They meet, and he's not a medical doctor; he's a science doctor. 
scientist doctor. Uh, so he's going to talk to our students about the science behind uh, life and what we can do to help protect it, and then how you can live pro-life in schools. So we've got about, I think we'll have 175 students here. Uh, can't wait to see them engaged. We'll do some small group discussion as well. The Focus Missionaries from Fort Hayes and K-State will be here on hand to help us with some breakout sessions as well. So big thanks to Dr. Pat Castle and what he's doing with Life Runners. Cool. Luke, who do you got that's living God's call for us to live? Well, I think I've, I've encountered a lot of people um, up in Beloit who do this, but some a few a small group that has really stuck out to me is is a group of um, of ladies, uh, mainly the I think most of them are sacristans as well, but they go and they pray, especially on the days when we have Eucharistic adoration. Um, I think they have like a two o'clock holy hour, and they just go and they just pray. There's a litany of prayers, but Every single day before Mass, they're in there uh, seem, seemingly at least an hour before Mass, just praying. And um, something that Father Jarrett and I have talked about, especially when visiting homebound parishioners and stuff, is this idea that, in a sense, God kind of naturally orders our life to become more contemplative as we age. And so seeing them live out that, that more contemplative life as they come to... Um, to, to grow older and their lives slow down naturally and to see them take advantage of that opportunity for deeper prayer and intimacy with the Lord in the slower years of life is really beautiful and inspiring to me. And one thing that I kind of desire uh, in life is, you know, maybe someday when I'm too old and feeble to move around much is, is to, be, to be someone who will just sit in my rocker and you know, pray four or five rosaries a day. I've always been inspired by uh, the people who do that. So, um, yeah. It's, it, it's intriguing to me um, as you share that, Luke, because 21 years ago, I think it was, I was a seminarian at Beloit, uh, assigned to Beloit. And, and it was, ju- I mean, there was maybe two or three ladies that were a part of that group that actually have now passed. Um, but there's a handful of those ladies that are the same ladies that were there doing the exact same thing when I was a seminarian and the impact that it had on me was profound. And so just to hear you express the same, the same impact is pretty cool. 20 plus years later. Man, so that is pretty awesome. Holy cow. All right. Mine, uh, I, uh, did a wedding this, this weekend, um, for Blake and Sarah Perez shout out to them. I was actually going to shout out Sarah because she was one of the easiest brides to work with, uh, to be honest. Like she was so laid back. It was amazing. Uh, but that wasn't my shout out was actually her, her mom, um, Becky, who is part of our parish council, who is plugged into a lot of stuff around the parish, but just that, that family is definitely an inspiration. The Greenwoods, they, they have uh, 12 kids and, Becky said something at the reception on Saturday night, the wedding reception that kind of stuck with me, just the reality of living out her vocational call of motherhood and how, you know, I think most people would be overwhelmed by the idea of 12 kids, but talking about how that process of having children and having an abundance of children impacted her in terms of the path of holiness and the selflessness that is demanded. And I couldn't help but think about that in the context of, of married, the call to be parent, the call to married life. 
and how there's almost an aversion to that in our culture today of, of both couples that are getting married with no intention of having kids or stopping at one child or two children or, or not getting married because of the reality of sort of our, our self oftentimes, and not saying that every couple that has one or two children is self selfish because there's a lot of beyond, you know, stories that we don't know, we don't know the behind the scenes. So I always, I always try to caveat that, but the reality of that tendency that we have towards that self-centeredness that is causing a lot of, um, both an aversion to marriage as well as to having, having, you know, being open to God's plan when it comes to children. Um, so just her, her witness in that reality and sharing just how beneficial that has been for her in terms of her call to, to live out that humility and selflessness. So shout out to, Bra- to Becky that's and, awesome. ja- and James, but uh, <laughs> that's her husband's name. But uh, so, but yeah, he probably doesn't it. listen, right? <laughs> yes. I don't know that she listens no. either, but she will now. So, that's right. All right, heading on to topic number four, let's grow. Let's grow. All right, what have you guys recently read or watched that you recommend to others? So I'm going to start this one because I don't want you guys to take it. So I uh, used forum.org a couple times last week. So we had someone called the Chantry looking for a video on St. Francis of Assisi. They thought they used to have it on VHS. They couldn't find it anymore at their parish and want to know if we had it in the library here. Susan goes and looks all over, can't find it. I'm like, I think I can find this. So I go to forum.org and the search uh, box that they have was incredible. I just type in St. Francis of Assisi. One of the first things that shows up is a three-hour movie on Francis and Claire that she was looking for. Now, I didn't watch the whole three-hour movie, but like then just going through the um, like search bar then was like, oh man, this was easy. I found myself watching part of a cartoon on St. Francis just to see what um, you know students would see and, and how easy it is. So if you have not registered with form.org, and I know we've talked about it before, you need to do so. It's just, it's simple. It's easy. The search tool is great. There's also a lot of recommendations that you can use. Uh, you could probably cast it onto your smart TV pretty easy. It's like a Saturday night, you know, movie night with the family. But uh, yeah, definitely check it out. The prisoner was looking for a quote from the middle of the movie. So we were able to get her the, you know, hey, here's the film, go download this. And she's like, oh, I have that. So uh, nice little tool that she was able to use. So uh, Bill, what's something that you've watched or read or six books or whatever you want to tell <laughs> Well, actually, about? it felt like six books. I actually took, uh, Father Brian was on with us about a month ago, month and a half ago, and he recommended The Lord of the Rings. And I was kind of I don't know why I should have been su- why I was surprised that he was a Lord of the Rings reader, um, but I've watched the movies and I've always kind of enjoyed them. Um, but it was like a nine-hour movie, so I'm like, how long are these books? So I bit the bullet in the last month. I've been chewing through the Lord of the Rings, and uh, and actually, you know what? I've enjoyed every second of it, which is why it's a classic because it is great. It catch captures you right away. But the detail that is in the books that didn't make it to the movie is phenomenal, and just. You know, again, there's so many parallels with faith and and things that are going on in there, and so uh, it's like 40 hours of my life I may never get back, but it's it's worth it. It was it was really really good. So that's what I've been chewing through the uh, the last month or so. Where but where are you? Are you? I'm you finished. Fin- you finished? It? I finished it. Yeah. You're ridiculous. Huh? 
I can't what, believe when you went you through the Lord of the Rings. Well, I'm a task-oriented guy, and so it's like, uh, when I started it, it was like, I got to get through this thing. Is it audio? I did one by audio, and I did two by actual the book. Wow. Um, but, uh, but the other thing, too, is my kids are supposed to be reading, and so I try to find a way to be out reading when they're supposed to be reading so that they think that reading's okay. And so you don't sit uh, like crisscross applesauce and Mandy reads aloud to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. First of all, if I was in crisscross applesauce, it's going to take paramedics to get me back out of that. That's all I know. <laughs> There's some snap muscles or something. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, Father Jarrett, what's something you've read or watched recently? All right, so I know I've talked about um, Father John Ricardo's book called Rescued. Uh, on the podcast before, but one of so now there's a video program uh, called the Rescue Project, which is basically the materials from the book in a talk presentation video that he does, and we're using it with our uh, sacramental prep parents, so the parents that parents of confirmation and first communion kids uh, are coming together to go through the Rescue Project, and with most of those groups, we've made it through b- about four three or four episodes so far. And it's just, it's very well done. He's, he's such a great speaker. And I, I remember thinking, I was like, cause we've used the search in the past, which is if people aren't familiar with that, I know we've shouted that out in the past, um, which is a program. Uh, is it, uh, is it on formed? Yeah. I can't remember. Yes, there's, there's actually a new one that's coming out too. For kids, for y- yeah, teens. For, for teens. I it's supposed to be pretty that. exciting. So, I did but, see uh, that. I haven't seen the actual episodes, yeah. but. I did see the promo. Um, but I, I, when I first heard this, because it's, it's basically 35 to 45 minutes of him just standing there talking, and I was like, how engaging can that be? But he does such a, a, such a phenomenal job with it. I mean, there's, I mean, he uses some humor, but then there's just emotionally like intense moments as well. And I've just been really impressed with uh, the Rescue Project. So check out the, the Rescue Project's website. You could actually just Google Rescue Project. Uh, those videos are accessible to anyone, um, and so yeah, that's a, a great series to get a to get a small group to go through. We actually have some small groups forming to go through it as well. So uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, for sure. All right, Luke, what's something you've uh, watched or read recently? You probably don't have time because Father Jared has you doing so many different things there. But is there anything that you've read or watched recently uh, that you would recommend to others? Yeah, um, well, so I'm taking a class on the Trinity this semester, so I don't know if I'd, that'd be kind of deep for people to <laughs> jump right into reading books on the the, the controversial, um, like, uh, dogmas of the Trinity that have come down through the ages or whatever. Um, but I think in uh, one book that, that I uh, keep coming back to, it's a book actually written by a non-Catholic, I think a non-Catholic pastor, um, but it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and kind of his whole... His whole uh, premise is is how the life of hurry is kind of the death of um, the interior life. Um, one of my one of my mentors talks about the saints uh, and how so many of the saints li- live this this hidden life, um, this life that was very very focused on prayer in the Lord for years and years, for thirty forty years, and then almost by like some mysterious switch people just started flocking to them. And I think in many ways, we often in ministry, um, we try to do so much good that we lose sight of the ultimate good, um, which is relationship with the Lord. And so I think this, this book has just helped me to kind of try to maintain that focus on 
living a recollected contemplative life first and foremost to be with the Lord. Um, and then the good that he desires me to do will flow from that rather than uh, vice versa. I think you're way better, or you're way more well-spoken than I am, Luke. <laughs> but I, this was just a topic of my men's group the other day, not the book, but the idea of the busyness that we all have in life, and we try to hurry through things. And uh, one of the guys in my group brought up a, uh, I guess, 10 years ago or so, Bishop Weisenberger wrote some letters that were in the register, so we, I think we've actually went back and found them, but talked about how like busyness can get in your way if you hurry through things and all this. So I'll have to email some some of those things to you but it is true we got to just slow down and take type take time to contemplate and be recollective i think yeah. man it's an impressive word you got there good vocabulary <laughs> holy cow so all right hopefully all of, everybody had a chance to grow as you can get through uh lord of the rings in a weekend <laughs> like bill did so i'll stick to the movies i think so all right uh question number five uh do we have a question from the audience? I think I think we do, right, Matea? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Hello. Thank you for calling the Three Bald Guys voicemail. Please record your question or message. Jeff, Bill, and Father Jared are excited to answer your questions about the Catholic faith, life, and everything in between. At the tone, please record your message. three bald guys my name is katie and i'm from the dodge city diocese i teach first communion first reconciliation psr class on wednesday nights for one hour to second graders that do not go to catholic schools what high points or what are the main bullets you think i should cover during this upcoming school year thank you well i think uh luke just answered it there katie you need to uh teach them about the uh, Trinity, all of it, the Holy Trinity, and just go through that. I think those second graders would grasp it and then follow that up with some Lord of the Rings uh, that Bill has. Uh, And then, uh, no, all kidding aside. So, Katie, great question. Oh, look at that. We have listeners from more than just our diocese. So, Katie from the Dodge City Diocese, uh, second graders who do not go to Catholic school, has them one hour a week for religious education. Bill, I'm going to let you start with this because you're our director of religious education on yes. this. And I, I would say I know when I taught some PRE and I had 7th and 8th graders at St. Elizabeth's and Salina, I would I would always try to find um, you know something engaging with them. If I would have had forum.org when I taught 7th and 8th grade, I would have used that as a starting point um, you know, and talked to my pastor too. Yeah, there, there are really so many good programs that are coming out now for that age group to work with that. Um, but I think when I heard your question, the high points that I would hit would be, one, this is the real presence of, of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Two, uh, especially right now when we talk all sorts of nourishment and those sort of things, is an understanding that this is a gift to us to give us the graces we need to return to God one day in heaven. Um, and then three, I, I really think the adoration prayer aspect of it with the idea that God came here to be with you and uh, how special that is. Kids equate love with time and how awesome that is that, you know, at any tabernacle in mass, you know, God is present to you and wants to spend time with you. Um, to me, if, if a kid walks out of, of having received their first Holy Communion, understands that he's 
where she's receiving the real presence, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of, of Jesus. Um, he understands that it's going to give him graces and nourishment on the journey, and then understands that God wants to spend time with them and loves them dearly. I think that uh, you know that that sets him up in a good direction. So those would be kind of my high points. I'll let Father Jarrett jump in here and and uh, you know add whatever he as a pastor might might see when he's working with programs. Yeah, those are good. Those are good points uh, for sure. I like to talk to him about the differences of presence of God. Uh, so the reality that we say God is present in all of His creation. So everywhere, every everything, God is present in it. Um, but then going from there to sort of that general presence to his presence in the, in the word. So in a different way, he's present in, in the scriptures. He's able to speak to our hearts in a way because of his presence in his revelation to us in the word. Then speaking of his presence in all of humanity, that, that as his creatures, but then a unique way that we experience him as baptized, that his presence is in us as temples of the Holy Spirit in a, in a unique way. And then all of those sort of stepping up to the greatest presence that he has given us, which is his presence in the Eucharist. And as you made reference to the fact that we can encounter that um, in any Catholic church, no matter where we go. I always love that sort of that devotion of individuals and their mindfulness of God's presence, specifically in Catholic churches is the tradition of, and when you're driving down the road, making making the sign of the cross when you pass a Catholic church, because of the reality that you know your God is is really and truly present in that place. And I know it can be sort of seen as like a. I, I think I talked about this before, pious pious and overly devout sort of thing. But I think there's a an awareness that that we've kind of lost a sense of that you know. God in in a miraculous way is present in every Catholic church and every tabernacle uh, throughout the world. And and so those are sometimes helpful, I think, for young, they can kind of wrap their minds around the differences of, of presence. Um, but as, and then the last thing, as you already kind of said, Bill, is the desire that God has to be united with us in the flesh. And that's why he gives us the Eucharist as an, as a desire to be intimately connected with us just as a sign and a symbol of, of what we're made for, for eternity. Um, so that's maybe a little higher theology there, but, uh, now say Luke, what age group do you have? Are you teaching? I'm teaching fifth graders. Okay. So a little bit, anything that you could think of that could be a high point for some second graders that you wish the fifth graders you have now would have maybe known at a younger age or. Yeah. I, I don't know how you'd articulate this. Um, I think I'm sure you'll do better than I. What, would, uh, so. what <laughs> I think what Bill and Father Jarrett said are are really really the core. But something, um, and this is just kind of building on what Fa- what Father Jarrett said. But this idea of um, divinization. Uh, there's a quote from I think it's Saint Athanasius where he talks about God became man so that we might become God. Um, so what Jesus is by nature we can become through adoption. And I think that you really the Eucharist is the fundamental place where that transformation, where that exchange takes place, where we offer ourselves to the Father, and the Father offers His Son to us in the Eucharist. Um, I learned this from a, a theologian named uh, Dr. Christopher Karstens. Um, he talked about how one of his favorite prayers to pray after receiving Holy Communion 
and this has become mine as well, is a prayer called the Sushipe, which is just the Latin word for receive. Um, and so in that prayer, it's all about offering to the Lord. It's saying, take, Lord, take all my liberty, all my memory, all my understanding, um, and basically take it and give me yourself. Um, and so I think that's, yeah, just the place, the Eucharist is the, is the place of encounter where um, our lives are transformed and we become partakers of the divine nature. And so how do you, how do you explain that to second graders? You may need to... <laughs> yeah, good luck. May, yeah, may need to... Uh, uh, think that through, but um, I think it'd be something beautiful for just to uh, really understand the depths of God's love in the Eucharist. I think also the idea of evangelization to second graders is when I watch young kids go up and prepare for the Eucharist, like it's inspiring to me. Like, Lord, I pray that I have that enthusiasm and love and devotion that I see in my son and his classmates, you know, at mass, you know, and if those second graders, I think if you tell them like, Hey, you know what, just as you watch older people or you listen to a coach or you listen to a teacher, us older people watch you too. And, and know that, you know, we love to see their love for Christ. So sounds like we maybe need to take a trip to Dodge city sometime. Yeah. That's a great question, though. I think we just send Luke to go teach second grade. <laughs> there <day>. we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Father's like, no, don't take him. Don't take him. I need him for other things. So, Katie, thank you so much for uh, for listening and submitting a question to us. All right. Moving on to topic number six, our mystery envelope question. It's a mystery. Uh, so we're going to put Luke in charge of, uh, of opening our Opening our question for this week. Uh, go ahead, Luke. What do we got here? <laughs> he's pretending to open an envelope because Bill didn't bring one. So <laughs> now he's got to try to read my writing. So the question is, what would you dress up for as Halloween if you go out? Okay. So if we were going out trick-or-treating, what would we dress up as? Does it have to be... Like, is this a team dress-up? Do we all have to... I, I wasn't thinking team to start with, but it could be. We could do both. Uh, well, well you... then that's an easy one. You're Gru and we're Minions. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> Stuart, Kevin, and Bob. Is that their names? Yeah. And Matea can be uh, like one of the uh, little kids on it. What are the girls' names? The one that's like, you're so squishy. That's That could be Matea. So there you go. That's, <laughs> that's one of them. Um, or I think like... We could be like the Three Stooges. I don't know what we'd have Luke do, though, on that. Um, I was just thinking of Halloween costumes, actually. There are morning. four Stooges, though. So it's like they all got together. Because there's different one that... Because like season three, yeah. they had to replace one of well, them. Well, they had... For some reason, there's there's four different ones that were part of it. Yeah, I do remember you're, that. You're giving me a hard time for people not knowing Neo from The Matrix. And <laughs> people... You think people know the Three Stooges Okay, today? first of all, I think if... Well, first of all, Bishop calls us the Three Stooges, so it's, it's on the top of our mind. But, uh, but I think most people would know much more the Three Stooges than... You Neo. think? I don't think young people underneath... Under 40 probably know the names or much about the three students. Larry, Moe, and Curly, right? I yeah. was thinking... My Her- kids know about them. Harry, Moe, and Curly. Larry, Moe. <laughs> <Larry. laughs> well, okay. No Harry here, so... I mean. And like, uh, well, the other guy, the guy that came later was like, like Shem or something. Like, now we're like to a, look this sh- up. I, Shmo. No, not Shmo, because there's Mo. There, it was like a weird... Uh, I was thinking we need to go like as a, uh, the Phoenix Suns this year, since they're going to win a title. Like, 
Father Jarrett can be Kevin Durant. I can be Bradley Bill or Bradley Beal. Bill can be Devin Booker. Yeah, I don't know. I just always think <laughs> basketball. Bill's Googling three stooges right now. Yeah, the, it's Shemp. Shemp. Larry, Moe, Curly, and Shemp. Shemp. Wah, 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 wah. No Isn't idea. that what they did? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. No listener under. Uh, Luke, do you know who the three stooges are? Had you, did you ever watch that show as a kid? I, I know them by reputation, but I've never yeah. seen them. Matea, have you ever seen the Three Stooges? She's see, naughty, no. See, I'm nailed, I nailed that. Man, yeah, you are right. Okay, so we got to think of another thing that <laughs> now we have we're Stooges. three to four people. Well, we just do individual one. What would you be individually? Um, we were talking about dressing up as food earlier, and my son was going to be a bowl of mac and cheese. I might be a ramen bowl. I'm really into ramen lately. like, And not just like the... Like the big bowl of ramen with the egg in it, some bok choy, and like maybe some scallops or crab. Like, I'd be a, I'm gonna be a bowl of ramen. Wow. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It, it's delicious. Maybe we should go there for lunch sometime. <laughs> I always say that the, I'm gonna be Neo from the Matrix and uh, throw on because then I just wear the same thing and put on sunglasses. <laughs> so it's pretty, it's pretty easy. There you go, Luke. I think I'll probably stick to something similar to Jeff. Um, so when I introduced myself to the grade school kids at St. John's in Beloit, I, I said, well, you can always remember my name because it's spelled like fries with an extra S. So I've now become fries to the fourth grade class <laughs> at St. John's. And so I could, I could probably pull off being a French fry box or something and they'd get a kick out of that. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. All right, Bill. If, if I had to dress up, I would probably lean into the Guru thing because it's easy. The other one is uh, I made the mistake of wearing an album one time at Mass with my head and everything, and, and everybody said I looked like Uncle Fester or whatever. I've heard you say that. <laughs> so, so that might be the other one I, I, I would lean into, one of those two probably. Uh, I've been Uncle Fester for Halloween before a few years ago. Did you really? Yeah. Well, then I'm not the only one. Yeah. Uh, there's been talk that we may do a fundraiser that uh, if we raise enough money that I'll, I'll coach a game this year in uh, the uh, Gru attire. So we'll see. Uh, but I told him it's got to be for a good cause, and it's got to be a significant amount of money that they raise. I was like, Father Jarrett and I jumped in a frozen lake, but it had to be over $100,000. So, I mean, I don't know what you Yeah, it's not going to be $100,000, uh, I can okay. tell you that. But... <laughs> but yeah, oh, man. What? How much is it going to be? What do you think? I have Say, no idea. Raise ten grand, and I'll do it. I'd almost rather. Uh, we've been doing the uh, pack the pantry deal for the uh, St. Joseph's pantry, so I'd rather it probably be canned goods right before Christmas time. And so I don't know if it's five. How about it's uh, boxes or... of joy? Have your team do boxes of joy. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's going to be a little bit late because oh. uh, the timing period. But uh, but anyway, oh, yeah. I, I always think about uh, Christmas time and Thanksgiving time with those who don't have enough to eat, and that's you know a hard time. Not to have your big Christmas spread or whatever, so that's probably what it'll be. What's a like? We could have been Ninja Turtles. Why didn't we? There's four of us sitting here at this table. That's an easy one, right? It's been at the movies recently. That would not be an easy costume. Why? Well, I, I, I oh, think you, you just buy that? it. I'm not building oh, anything. Okay. I'm not sewing anything together. Yeah. And then I mean, Mateo would have to be. What's the April? April O'Neil. April. April O'Neil. Yeah. Nice. From the news station, just wear some yellow, right? Didn't April wear yellow? Yeah, I don't. I watched a lot of Ninja Turtles as a kid. I haven't seen any <laughs> new ones though. So Luke's looking at us like we're crazy right now. Yeah, he's like, guys, I thought French fries was pretty good. Let's just stick to that. So, all right, uh, time to be calling all prayer warriors. It's time to rally the prayer warriors. Who is someone or something you see that needs prayers, Bill? Uh, again, we're going to date it, but uh, right now the conflict is going on over in Israel 
I think uh, we all need to send uh, prayers that direction uh, for peace in the region and for the, all those that were affected by the violence and, and uh, um, all that's going on in, in that area of the world. And, and a lot of people uh, that might be caught in that situation that are visiting the Holy Land or, um, you know, those sort of things. So just uh, lots of prayers for that area for peace and that uh, um, for those that are affected by it. Yeah. Um, mine's going to be just as we're still in fall sports season area for winter sports season is going to be our, our officials, um, and our coaches, you know, we have so many officials not wanting to officiate anymore. Coaches not wanting to coach anymore because of maybe their way they're treated by fans or parents or the stress and the time they put into it. It's just not worth it anymore. And if we keep this up, then we're not going to have sports in our junior highs and high schools and schools are a better place because of activities. And so, uh, please keep all of our coaches and our officials in your prayers. And, um, if you've got time, you know, maybe step up and do some coaching or fishing because we more need more of them. Luke. I think one thing, um, I guess this will probably put a, a bit of a time date on this podcast as well, but just thinking about the, uh, the synod, um, going on right now. And, um, I know a lot of people have, expressed different concerns um, about the Synod and and things that are going on, but I think our tendency a lot of times is to have plenty of commentary and plenty of opinions, but uh, we, we fail to remember what our Lord said, is that some things can over only be overcome by prayer and fasting, and so I think that's a, a good place to turn when we have worry and concern about the church. Yeah. I like that a lot because I've had a lot of people ask about the sin of sentence, and I think that has to be one of our answers back is if you're concerned, pray and fast, and that's the most that you can impact or help is, is those things, and we need to do that regularly anyway, but I mean, that's a great great thought for all of us. And I, I think so many times our concerns go to like an extreme part of it, like we think extreme one way or the other of, oh, they're going to come out of this and they're going to shift everything this way or everything the other way. And with through prayer and fasting, I think it's a good way for us to, you know, maybe lighten that load that some of us are carrying. So Father Jarrett. Yeah. My mind is still kind of with the, as we were talking about earlier, the reality of, of those families that are carrying sort of divisions and grudges and uh, hurts. Um, And so just praying for those who are walking today carrying those those pains and just a prayer for them to uh to let go to experience god's mercy and then to be that mercy to others well everybody that brings us to the end of uh episode five season three of three bald guys father jared could you please close us in prayer yes this is uh the power i call the a prayer the power of forgiveness we pray in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen Father, bless us with the wonderful power of forgiveness. Give us the grace to unconditionally forgive those who have done us wrong. Give us the strength to let go of all ill will, the strength to forgive ourselves of our own failings and sins, knowing that you have already forgiven us. Free us of all anger, bitterness, hatred, and unforgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Please be sure to like, subscribe, share on social media.